I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Mike Kaler, a cab-driving poet from central Wisconsin, who will be talking with us and sharing his poems. Then I'll be taking a look at some creative ways to put poetry in public places. Hi, this is producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley. I just wanted to quickly say that there were some technical difficulties in recording the interview for today's podcast. So the interview starts a little bit abruptly. It kind of drops into the middle of Mike introducing some of his uh, work. And there are a few audio fluctuations, nothing too drastic, but just wanted to give you all a heads up. Enjoy the podcast. But I wrote a piece, short piece, about a neighborhood of the little town that I grew up in, up in the UP, a town called Ishpermine. And up, in, up at the edge of the city, up by the bluffs, was a neighborhood called Tangletown, because the streets went every which way. Your house could be a story higher than your neighbor's house. The hills were that steep. And uh, it being a mining town, I just wrote a little story about uh, a boy who lived in the mining town who was trying to find a way to deal with his father's death. And uh, I handed it in, I read it in the class, and when I got 30 of them, each just a paragraph long, that's how it started. So... I'd like to read one of the poems from Tangletown. Sounds good, yeah. All right. In Tangletown, the youngsters in their flannel shirts and ball caps on backwards must think I don't know of the gun they have down the front of their pants. They can kill with one shot. Some die in minutes, some take years. When the police found three bodies in the parking lot at Center Park, the whole town was stunned. How do one so young give up so soon? Windows are closed. Doors are locked against the angel of death abroad, but he reaps. Reaps even in Tangletown. Uh, I wasn't aware it was a literary device at the time, hmm. having no, no idea of any of that kind of stuff. But it seemed to fit the rhythm of my voice. Mm-hmm. And you want to hear the first Tangletown poem I ever wrote? Yeah, sure. In Tangletown lives a young man, 22, maybe 23, who writes of walking the tracks in November, looking for things lost among old mills and abandoned shafts. He carries a battered collection of heart crane poems, a spiral notebook, has eyes much too old for his age. When his buddies are gang-banging in back alleys and dying, he writes of biker love, the moon, the elephants of summer. He reads poems at his father's grave. That slab of stone looms in his dreams. He walks all night along the tracks, searching in Tangletown. It turned into a nifty chapbook, mm-hmm. illustrated by Emmett Johns. And... Uh, it has earned me a uh, little bit of notoriety. 
Well, that's good. Yeah, well, it holds together when you have a whole series like that. And one of the things I wanted to touch upon is my my nephew just left for the Middle East. So I'm very concerned about him. I've written, well, in, in the atmosphere of our country now with gun violence and politics, uh, I'd like to read a poem that I wrote that kind of touches on this, if I might. Yeah. It's called Drive-By. This man is what blood comes to. A shattered sidewalk, a wailing car, a body growing to dust at the curb. Where once breathed aspirations, where once sang poetry like street corner bebop, is now a focus for a crowd too numb to feel shock that can only think glad it ain't me. And the gun barrels down a stainless steel street, hungry. It drools lead, leaks flame. A dark sun that never sets, screams pain against glass cliffs. The light it can't shed consumes it. Instead, what falls is a mother's glare burning in age's rage. She stands eye to eye with pearl-handled, blued steel, nine-millimeter nightmares. And she can't blink first because it all comes down to blood and she won't pay anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of poetry out now with the new, with this stuff that's happening on the on the gun issues, you know. And the fact that I wrote that poem almost 20 years ago shows yeah, we have not come very far. Not at all, man. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, I've met a lot of characters. I've I've written some of them. One day I'll put them all put them all in one. Mm-hmm. But I think the first one I read was the girl at the airport window driving cab. We I sit out at the airport, wait for fares, got a lot of time to read, a lot of time to write, a lot of time to watch. Beautiful young woman, floral summer dress, areas, perfume. She holds a bouquet of wildflowers. The press of people hide her. Recede, she stands waiting. True love beams from every part of her face. She stands, waiting. Just when I think this may be another sad poem, she throws her hands high and runs into the arms of her future. And that was amazing to see. It really was. Yeah. And, that's, that's, uh, a, that's a great twist. Just when you think it's going to be another, might be another sad poem. Uh, and I drove truck. I've been the driver most of my life. And uh, I collect stories like some people collect souvenirs. The title poem of my mm-hmm. of my book, Red Boots, and this is based on the true story, by the way. <laughs> Red Boots, deserted parking lot out in Sticks Roadhouse. Three-quarter July moon, bright as a blowtorch. I sat on the gas tank of a red Peterbilt, 88,000 pounds of steel and speed, engine cover, big as a garden shed. Warm Lone Star beer, AM Bible Belt radio station, played Buck Owens. She had brown hair, brown eyes, white shirt, tight, 
with blue and red flowers, belt buckle size of a gravy boat, and jeans tight tucked into fancy red boots. She was taken by the music in the moonlight, bare-chested, my travel-worn leather vest, tattoos indistinct on muscled arms. I was taken by her. She danced to songs of heartbreak, songs of wanting, songs of sorrow and redemption. Hands above her head, eyes closed, untranslatable smile on her face. She swayed in the heat. It was as if Jesus came back to Memphis. I was on my knees, arms around my waist, saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you, because I was 24 strong and hard because I was there at a Tennessee roadhouse on a Friday night doing the moonlight boogie with a country girl wearing nothing but red boots and a grin. You can't beat real life for content for poetry. <clears throat> no, no, no. Also, a beautiful thing that, that we poets have is it you can remember the experiences better for having written them down. I agree. That's why I always have a I always had a notebook by me. I always had a pen. Sometimes it was for something, nothing more than writing down directions, but a lot of times it was to write write a sentence, write something I saw. Uh, and I go back to them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you never know what, what sentence is going to kick, kick you in the ass. You talked about the poem that I wrote about my friend Ellen on Facebook. Uh, it's not a poem. It was a series of journal entries. And uh, one of the first pieces of advice she ever gave me was to keep a journal. Even if nothing comes of it, you have it down on paper. Because every poet knows when you sit and think about a line, and you sit and you don't write it down because you tell yourself, ah, I remember this tomorrow, and you don't. <laughs> so that's why I keep a journal. Anyway, I'd like to read the poem to you. Rusty rattle of the blackbird swaying on last year's cattail. I remember you're not here. Spring comes, and love always is. No more sad poems. I find you in the places I've always found stillness. I see you in the hawk perched on the dead oak, the wet breeze that enters through my cab window. I breathe in your poems and pray out the songs you taught me. Songs reside in all the things that bring you to me. The color red, the sound of certain words, the sight of rain on the horizon bringing such coolness to heart, the heart quiets and anticipation. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your time. Thank you for seeing under the thick scarred bark to the heartwood of me. My friend Alan loved days like this. Everything is immense. Their heads, the wind, immense. Almost too much for a heart to hold. Alan, it's one of those days when the wind seems to moan through the holes in my heart. You always knew how to talk to me. Whatever demons blow out there, bringing cold and darkness, 
They call my name, Ellen. They howl my name. My dear friend, there has been a lot of rain since you died. That word still trips on my tongue. I know you walk the path of souls, sing amongst your ancestors, dance with your son. One of your first gifts to me was the language of grief. Chris had just passed. My mother had just passed. It helped you to share. It helped me to listen. I know you are proud of your daughters. Strong women all. They stood together to honor you. I thank them for sharing you with me. Let me now just miss the hell out of you. As always, you have my love. Dear Ellen, I told Carrie, one of her daughters, I told Carrie sometimes these bottomless moments of sadness fall on me, and the elevator drops 20 floors in two heartbeats, and I never feel the stop. She says she knew this feeling as well. We agree neither of us like this world much without you in it. I don't like the wine I drink too much of these days. I don't like poetry or food or music. I miss talking to you. My dear friend, you were much in my thoughts today. High wind, lightning, heavy rain, a peaceful. I'm writing you from a quieter place now. Your, your girls cleaned your place out. Someone has moved in. This will always be where you lived, where you wrote, the place you returned to after your travels. So I went to the Fox River Mall and read your poem. Everywhere I go, you are there, and that gives me so much comfort. Dear Alan, I am so sorry. You'd be sad to see me in the streets I'm in. See, I haven't found a pillar to replace you. I thank Great Spirit for your daughters. They help hold me up. We hold each other up. But we have been weakened by grief, and some of us may be running on fumes. We feel spread thin, like spider webs I see now in the fields, breaths of silk. Then the first serious wind shreds me. It's hot, rainy. I woke early. The sky was orange in the west before the sun even rose, and I knew then there was a hard wind coming to blow and blow. Dear Alan, it is so much easier to think of you when the sun shines. Remember the trick, the picnic at the trout pond we never got to have? We would have drunk wine smuggled in a soda bottle, cheese and good bread, grapes, cucumbers, maybe fed the turtles and the minnows and the odd duck or two. Poems, I'm sure, would have been read, maybe later written. Sad that we never found the time. Uh, yesterday I went there alone. As we would have in my dreams, I drank wine cast bread, thought of poems, thought of friends, 
thought of picnics alone. Today, a year ago, you went to the clearing at the end of the path. Everything I remember about you is precious to me. The crab apple tree in my yard bursts slowly in the white flame. Soon petals will cover the new grass, blow away on the first insistent wind. I miss you, my dear friend. Your poetry, your wisdom, and unconditional love. I know you camp in the high deserts of heaven, or maybe you redecorate in Valhalla, but I hope your soul finds its home in the heart of a star. You've been listening to Mike Kaler from Central Wisconsin right here on Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter. And now, with Poetry Month just around the corner, you know pretty soon you're going to be hearing about somebody somewhere putting poems on buses and subway cars. And that's a wonderful thing to do. It's great to get the poems out there in front of the public, in front of people who might not go to the library and check out a poetry book or buy one at their local store. However, I think it's also good to look for other ways to get poems out there in the public sphere. And I'm going to tell you about a couple of creative ways that I've run into that I think are are just quite impressive. The first one was uh, developed by a, a guy I met at a haiku conference, Carlos Colon. And he was a librarian, before he passed away, uh, at a library in Shreveport, Louisiana. And what Carlos did was he got the library to install an electronic sign. And then he solicited from the haiku community for people to submit poems, just like a magazine. And thus was born the Electronic Poetry Board. And from 1997 to 2011, Carlos changed the poem every week. Those things are programmable, and uh, it's not that hard to do, he told me. It turns out I went looking them up, and, you know, they cost anywhere from maybe two to $400 uh, for a sign the size that could handle a streaming poem. And I just thought the Electronic Poetry Board was a marvelous, creative, interesting, simple idea. And it really worked. So a tribute to Carlos Colon at the Shreveport Library. The second thing uh, I ran into that someone was doing, it was, again, quite simple. Uh, The person asked for poems to be submitted, short poems, and she put some of them on bumper stickers. Now, that may seem maybe not so effective because you can't get too many, you've got to be very short, you can't get too many words on a bumper sticker, you know, bumper stickers go flying by. When I asked her about this, uh, she pointed out that she was in L.A. and that sometimes the traffic moves very slowly and you find yourself behind the same car for quite a bit of time. Plenty of time to read a short poem on a bumper sticker. With that explanation, the bumper sticker idea struck me as pretty cool. 
And so these are just two ideas. Maybe you've got some ideas. If you do, send them to us at PoetrySpokenHere at gmail.com. We're looking forward to all the creative ways that people get poetry out in front of the public. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. Thank you.